Would you listen now to these words of Scripture? These are the uh, words of the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. Uh, this is a part of 2 Corinthians chapter 13. These are the last uh, three verses that Paul wrote. They begin at verse 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Amen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes you just got to eat some comfort food. I mean, I'm all for kale and raw broccoli and five fruits and vegetables. I, I get that, and I'm all for that. But sometimes you just got to have some comfort food. Um, country fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy with two sides, both vegetables, of course. I, I'll take as my vegetables mac and cheese. Yes, that's a vegetable in the South. And um, fried okra. Yeah, you know, I just you know, every once in a while you just gotta have some comfort food. Uh, yeah, preaching is a little bit like that, in in this sense, um, you just can't preach really hard, hard sermons every week that deal with deep and serious topics. I'm all for deep and serious topics, but every once in a while I got to preach a sermon that is maybe a comfort food kind of a sermon. And maybe that's what this sermon is a little bit more like today. Um, we are studying the scripture from the last few words. Paul is signing off. He has written um, these lengthy letters to the Corinthians. Uh, talked page after page about very weighty topics. And then, you know, sometimes when you and I get to the very end of Paul's letters, you just kind of skip over those last few verses and you don't pay much attention to them. Oh, well, Paul is just saying goodbye. He's signing off. But in this case, that would be a really big mistake. Paul's last promise in this text is very powerful. Paul says, the God of love and peace will be with you. Oh, that's awesome. Did you hear that? Is that not what our society craves? The God of love and peace to be with you. And Paul assures uh, the Corinthians that's going to happen. The God of love and peace will be with them. And then Paul serves up 
a whole menu of side items that they ought to be doing uh, to, to kind of help create the conditions. I'm going to just pick from two of those side items to, to add to the God of love and peace. Paul says, uh, and I could pick more than these, but I don't have time. Paul says, put things in order. Man, I've never preached a sermon on that before. Put things in order. I don't know about your life, but life feels kind of chaotic for me right now. Hey, folks, just make your bed when you first get up in the morning. Okay? Put things in order. There's all kinds of research about how your life will be better if you just make your bed when you get out of it first thing in the morning. I'm not talking about law and order here. I'm just talking, Paul is just talking about put things in order in the church, in our community, in our nation, in our schools. Put things in order, folks. And, and if you do that, then the conditions are ripe for the God of love and peace to be with us. There are uh, so many ways that you and I are powerless. I'm not the president. Uh, I'm not on the Supreme Court. Uh, I'm not a legislator. Um, You and I don't wield much power. But we can put things in order in our own uh, surroundings. I live on Hillendale Circle. There are two streets uh, that go in and out of my subdivision. You have to go up one or the other of them to get in or out. If you come down Hillendale Circle, you come to Pierce Avenue. Uh, On that entranceway, on one side of the street, it has all grown up in weeds. I'm not getting back to the goats, don't worry. That was a few weeks ago. But... um, those weeds are unsightly, and it was a, it's sort of a downer to come in that way. As Bonnie and I came down in our car a couple of weeks ago, we saw somebody standing out there with a weed eater, uh, uh, weed eating the right of way. It was not a city worker. It was somebody from our own neighborhood. Guess what? It was somebody from our own church and our own neighborhood. It was our own Don Ream. And I talked to Don about it. He said, there's no need for this to look like this. This is the entranceway to our our neighborhood. Don just went down with his own weed eater and put things in order. You aren't going to change the world, but there are things you can do in your own neighborhood, in your own sphere of influence. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution had another example that deeply uh, struck me this week. It was about a a man uh, who lives in Lithia Springs. He he is a black school teacher named Joe Mitchell. Joe Mitchell drove down to the burned out Wendy's um, in Atlanta and stood for a while with the protesters there. But when he got finished, he went to his car put on his rubber gloves, pulled out a trash bag, and walked up and down University Avenue picking up trash. 
He said he learned this when he was a college student in his fraternity at West Virginia, West Virginia University, that wherever he lived, he could make a difference by just picking up the trash that was littering the public streets. Joe Mitchell, school teacher, putting things in order. Our Jewish friends, I think, would call this repairing creation, which is one of their um, doctrines or beliefs that any time you and I uh, do something to improve our world, we are bringing it back into harmony with how it was and how God wanted it to be when God originally created the world. So Paul says, you want the God of love and peace to be with you, put things in order. But then he also says, and this is my second selection, greet one another with a holy kiss. I don't know that I've ever preached on that before either. Why am I saving all these topics for my last sermon? You know, the Bible has an awful lot to say about kissing you wouldn't know it the way we shake our fingers at people and preach on hellfire and damnation. There's, there's a whole lot about kissing in the Bible. One of my favorite stories from the 20th chapter of the book of Acts. Paul has, uh, he's really on his own farewell tour, and he stops to greet the leaders of the church at Ephesus. Paul has a premonition. He'll never see them again. They come down, I think, to uh, the ocean side to greet him. They talk together. They get on their knees. Uh, they pray. They cry. And then Acts 20 says, they hugged him and kissed him. What a dear and tender scene. And yet here you and I are in a pandemic when we really can't do that. How hard has that been for you? I can't even kiss my own grandchildren. We all are trying to be safe. And, and we so much want to, as we say in the South, hug on each other's neck and, and to, to greet one another with, a, with, with, with an arm around a shoulder or a waist or, or, or just to touch somebody's hand or to greet one another with a holy kiss. I know we can't do that yet. Even though the state is starting to open up some. But I want to make a couple of suggestions even that maybe would be somewhat in keeping with Paul's spirit. Uh, you old timers will recognize what I'm getting ready to say. I, I'm channeling a, an old Stephen Seals song, uh, Hug the One You're With. And even though you can't hug everyone, there's probably at least one person that you can hug. It, you know, maybe you're in a situation where you can hug on your parents or hug on a spouse or hug on your children. Well, if you are, hug them. And in fact, hug them more than you have been hugging them. Every bit of research says 
that hugging and kissing, that's healthy. And so you can't hug everybody yet. Don't try it. When you and I see each other, don't try to give me a hug or a kiss, but hug the ones you're with. Let me suggest, secondly, that you might try in these days to write a good old-fashioned letter to somebody. It's not quite as good as a hug or a holy kiss, but a really endearing letter will go a long way. I got a letter from a friend of mine in Savannah last week. It wasn't real long, but one of the things he said in it was, <coughs> excuse me, he said, Creed, when I think about you, it makes me smile. Wow, that letter's still on my desk. It makes me smile. It makes me feel better. It's almost like that letter is still hugging me. And when we create conditions where, where people feel hugged or greeted with a holy kiss, we are creating conditions where the God of love and peace can be with us. So my very modest suggestions are um, that we listen to these last words of Paul that in the way that we greet one another and in the way that we put things in order that we might begin to anticipate that yes, in this chaotic and turbulent world, the God of love and peace will be with us, not can be with us, not might be with us, but yes, will be with us. Folks, if that's comfort food, I think I'll take a double portion of mac and cheese. Amen.